From Islamic Finance News, the world's leading Islamic finance news provider, this is IFN Podcast. Hello and welcome to IFN Podcast. My name is Minzatan and I am the Managing Editor of Islamic Finance News. We are seeing mixed projections for the different sectors of the global Islamic finance industry. For example, a strong growth momentum for Islamic banking assets, but weaker scope volumes, while Islamic insurance and the Sharia fund sectors are maintaining resilience. In this episode, together with Ashraf Madani, a vice president at Moody's Investor Service, we try to navigate the Islamic banking and finance landscape, where Ashraf would offer a clearer picture of what the year has in store for Islamic finance. Thank you so much, Ashraf, for joining us today. Uh, we are going to discuss a whole gamut of topics into this episode. Let us start first with Islamic finance assets, um, because Moody's very recently have released um, mixed projections for me, I feel, for different sectors of the global Islamic finance industry. For example, a strong growth momentum for Islamic banking assets um, and also weaker sukuk volumes. Now, globally, Moody's expect economic uh, recovery to support the expansion of Islamic finance assets. Is this momentum the same across um, different jurisdictions? Or can you tell us which markets are driving this growth um, and which Islamic banking segments are supporting this expansion? Yes, thank you. Thank you, Benita. In, in, indeed, we recently published the, the cross-sector Islamic finance outlook. And, and to be honest with you, we are seeing the growth in Islamic finance across all the core markets that, that, that we cover, which includes uh, GCC, Malaysia, Indonesia, and, and Turkey. A penetration of Islamic finance uh, increased to, to around 35% as of September of 2021. And this is compared uh, uh, with 33% in 2020. So we're seeing increased penetration uh, year over year. Uh, GCC and Malaysia particularly continue to have a strong performance uh, despite the already high level of penetration. As far as segment-wise is concerned, we still see consumer finance being the growth engine for the growth in the industry. However, we are also seeing uh, signs of recovery on the corporate finance uh, side. I think that's really interesting because, of course, the last two years have been going through a pandemic and we've seen all the other sectors, um, economic sectors, suffer under the pressure of this pandemic. Considering what you've just shared with us, about Islamic banking, what can this say or what does this say about the resilience of Islamic banks, perhaps compared with conventional lenders um, during such uh, such times where economic pressures are very heavy? Yes, it's interesting that you mentioned the last two years, which obviously we had pandemic. And during these two years, we saw actually Islamic finance growth still outperforming the, the conventional peers. We saw Islamic finance growing by around 10%, while the conventional peers uh, grow by only 4% uh, during this period. The, the business model of Islamic banks, to be honest, makes them more resilient to economic downturn. As you know, the growing focus uh, of Islamic finance consumer products will help them protect their asset quality. Uh, retail lending is, is typically, as we know, is secured, spread across a large number of customers and has historically performed well both in GCC and even in, in Southeast Asia. On, on the funding side, as we know, Islamic banks have, have generally access to stickier and cheaper deposits, and this helps them manage their cost of funds 
and, and support their supports their margin and, and profitability going forward. So there is a bit of an advantage to Islamic finance compared to, to conventional peers in that sense. Just now, you mentioned or you highlighted two markets, Saudi Arabia and Malaysia, which are driving this growth. Um, and in terms of market share, they are dominant on the global front. I'm curious to know, um, are we seeing any new entrants to the Islamic finance universe? And to you, which countries or which markets are the most exciting in terms of um, opportunities? Yes, yes, indeed. We still expect, you know, Saudi and Malaysia to to remain the two key dominant markets, to be honest, at least for the the short term. Uh, However, we are also seeing, you know, exciting uh, opportunities in new markets. As you know, Indonesia and Turkey, where growth is of Islamic finance, is also outperforming the, the peers. Despite this, the growth or the penetration is is, is still uh, low. We're talking about around 7% of total uh, finance in those uh, key markets. And we know they have a majority Muslim population. So the growth potential, especially in these two markets, is uh, is strong. However, we're also looking at other markets. uh, And there are some exciting opportunities also, for instance, in the African continent. We're seeing, you know, growth potential in in Egypt. We're seeing some some growth potential in Morocco. We're seeing growth potential in Nigeria. So it's it's spread across, you know, the various uh, markets in the various contexts. Pakistan, for instance, we are also seeing, you know, increased penetration of the industry overall. So like I said, you know, we we have exciting opportunities of, of growth across you know, various countries in multiple continents that we look after. Let's turn our attention to Sukuk market. Moody's project that global Sukuk offerings are likely to fall after five years of continuous growth. Um, why is this the case? And are we expecting this decline to continue over the medium term? I suppose more importantly is that as an industry, should we be concerned over this growth moderation? To be concerned, maybe not. If you look at the performance of the, the Sukuk market since its inception, and particularly in the past five years, you know, the growth has been exponential. And we saw, you know, a very, very strong uh, growth in the Sukuk issuance. It's, it's only natural that you get to a phase of consolidation before the market uh, resume its, its over positive uh, trend. If we look at the reasons for this uh, uh, slight consolidation in the market, as we know, you know, GCC, uh, which was the main reason for for the consolidation or the drop in the volumes in in 2021, they are basically their fiscal finance is dependent on the oil revenues. And because we have uh, much higher oil prices in 2021, this has supported their uh, fiscal uh, finance position and lowered their financing uh, needs. But we're still you know, looking into 2022 and 2023, despite the high oil prices, there will be some maturities of of, of Sukuk's happening in those two years, which will support the, the volumes. We still expect, you know, the volumes to be lower in 2022 compared to what we've seen in 2021 and 2020. But I don't think we are over or I don't wouldn't say that we are all overly concerned about the, the phase of consolidation we're going through. I think the overall positive trend remains. Excellent. And on that note of trends, so Suko has always been sort of the poster child of the Islamic finance industry. Are there any emerging Suko trends that we should take note of? Uh, yes, indeed, indeed. If if we look at what's happening in the green Sukuk and green and sustainable Sukuk market, it's impressive to be honest. You know, looking at the volumes, 
you know, in 2017, they were close to nothing. And now we're looking at, you know, volume surpassing the seven and a half billion dollars in 2021. So despite coming from a low base, but the growth numbers are, are looking very positive. If we look at the three months of 2020-22, we're already seeing a wave of new issuers entering the market. You know, we saw new issuers coming from Saudi Arabia. We saw new issuers coming from Bahrain. And the, the numbers looks promising for uh, green and sustainable uh, Sukuk. And we expect the strong trend or the strong growth of the uh, in this particular market to continue because there is really a genuine increased demand by investors on this uh, particular instrument. And I think issuers would need to meet this investor demand and go for green and sustainable Sukuk issuances. In terms of green and sustainable Sukuk issuances, which markets do you think would, would drive this momentum? Do you think it would be from the GCC or Southeast Asia? Well, as you know, the trend has actually started in, in Southeast Asia. Mm-hmm. You know, Malaysia, you know, was the, basically we, we saw our debut issuance coming from Malaysia. And we saw after that the first sovereign issuance from in, in Indonesia. But then it spread, spread across the GCC. So GCC played more a catch-up role. But now what we're seeing is that issue was from both sides of these markets, you know, driving the growth. So things are looking positive on both sides of markets. Islamic funds seems to have bucked the trend, you know, registering record high AUMs in 2020. What drove this positive momentum? How can we understand what's happening? And can we also expect this positive momentum to sustain over the next year or two? Indeed, we've seen basically a strong performance from the, the um, Islamic funds uh, management uh, sector. And, you know, we still expect this positive trend to, to continue. We've seen basically improved economic situation in, in Southeast Asia and in the GCC. We saw a, a market appreciation since the dive that we saw in March 2020. Uh, we saw increased investor uh, demand on Islamic AUMM uh, support the growth. Our expectation is that the trend will continue. If we look at the uh, performance of Islamic equities since the dive in March 2020, they have actually outperformed their, the, their conventional peers. So we expect this outperformance to be a key supporter for the trend to continue the AUMs, Islamic AUMs going forward. We have witnessed this emergence of green ESG sustainable within the Sukuk space. Are we also seeing similar trends within the Islamic finance, Islamic funds space? And to you, you know, what are some more of the exciting opportunities or uh, asset class of interest that we're seeing emerging in Sharia funds? With regards to the, the, the trend, it's largely similar to what we saw in, in the Sukuk. There is an increased demand by investors on social socially responsible instrument on green instruments. And I think, you know, while it makes it harder for, it's harder for the stomach AUMs to, to uh, you know, the, from a product perspective, they still lack the conventional peer, but there seems to be basically evolving over time and improving the product uh, offering. So particularly in these two areas, we still expect the, the increased investor demand to be a key driver for the growth of the industry uh, uh, going forward. Thank you for listening. For more discussions on the Islamic finance industry, log on to www.islamicfinancenews.com. You can also listen to IFN Podcast on your favorite platforms, including iTunes and Spotify.